Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ladies and gentlemen, I am on tour right now. Live comedy is back. I'm going across the country and New Zealand in 2022, and I want to see you there. I want to make you laugh. I want to make you smile, and I, I want to offend you. Head to isaacbutterfield.com forward slash tickets right now okay that's where you need to go get your tickets they are selling out fast live stand-up comedy is back the buttsman is back and i am absolutely pumped to come to your part of the world i'm gonna make a video and say that female body hair underarm hair like hairy underarms is gross and I said that. I just said it's disgusting. <laughs> I said it's it's disgraceful. Wouldn't have liked that. They hated mm. it. It was hell- and I knew they were going to do. It. I've done it. It's, this is this has happened before. Mm. I've done this before. This is your business model. This is my. <laughs> this is this is how you operate. My bread and hairy butter. Whether it's I, vegans or cyclists. <laughs> G'day ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Cancer Now podcast, my name is Isaac Butterfield and this is episode 12 probably, something like that. Uh, on today's show we are talking all manner of, well, we're doing something different, we actually have a female on the show. Yeah, uh, we're breaking in the studio, mold. We've, in gone, the studio. we've got someone in the studio. We, we have had Claire on the show, but she's... Reluctantly. Reluctantly. <laughs> Nerida Nera wants to be here. <laughs> and she's almost a bloke, like not... Dixon. Yeah, she's yeah. one of the one of the one of the boys. One of the boys, and not you know, not saying that you're not one of the boys, but she's just a bit of a bug, and, and you know, yeah. she, she knows that. She's she's currently getting a pedicure. All and the she boys hates do that. Having a feet touch to us, so I don't know why she's doing that. She just texts me saying I'm having the pedicure. I was like, why? She, <laughs> you hate that, anyway. Um, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. If you are new here, hello. It's great to have you. And did you know this? We are now moving to live streams, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. Lordy is pulling his finger out. Is that right? Yeah, sure. Um, He's pulling a finger out in February and we are getting live streams up and running. But here's the problem. The live stream will will only be for, will only be for people on Patreon. Yes, that's right. If you are on Patreon, you will be a part of it. Now, how much is that going to cost me? That's ridiculous. That's too much money. It's $1 a month. For $1 a month, you'll get access to the live stream every time we go live, ladies and gentlemen. That's 25 cents a week, you fucking tight asses. So <laughs> go and check out the Patreon. And there's two tiers. You can go the $1 tier or the $7 a month tier. Now, what's the difference, you might be asking? Well, I'll tell you. The $7 a month tier is seven times better than the peasants only paying $1. That's the only difference, all right? If you can afford it, wonderful. If not, $1 will do. Nera Ben, Welcome. To oh, the show. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Now, how how can you introduce yourself to the people? Um, well, well, that's an interesting question. Uh, I would usually introduce myself as the owner of La Somme. Uh, we have a couple of women's only gyms based around Newcastle. Um, you know, I've had th- that business for eight years now, so 
I love to do a range of different things. You know, I'm always getting out into the community, you know, I love empowering women. Um, I've recently stepped into kind of, you know, expanded into also network, business networking and helping women in their careers and their businesses um, and also into the relationship space. So, yeah, well, yeah, um, uh, you know, when you really peel it back, I, I really am just very passionate to about helping women live better lives and really fulfill their full potential. Now, Myself and women seem to have a weird relationship. Not in real life. Not in real life. Like I have a lot of female friends and Mm. just a very normal person. But online, it seems that I'm a bit of a uh, Voldemort, if you will. Mm. Your online existence is a bit, it's just, (laughs) it's chaos. Yeah, I know. That's why I like to separate it from my real life. Yeah, thank thank goodness. Uh, I just just sparked the candle before. Like the Joe Rogan prayer candle, please, um, before the show gets underway. So I've I've recently been copping a bit of flack Mm. because I mentioned. Well, I made a view. I've I've noticed that on TikTok, it's really quite um, a left leaning audience, and they're very woke mm, and they're very progressive mm. and all that type of stuff. Which, in a lot of parts of the world, is fantastic. You know, I think that most people, most logical people, are quite progressive and left leaning and all that type of thing. But some people go a little bit too far, and I think that was what I was trying to sort of um, attack, mm. if, if you will. And I made a video um, for the purposes of upsetting people. And, and I think that's what people need to understand is when I make a video like that, it's literally for so people can watch and go, you fucking, <laughs> that's the reason. And I said in it, because this lady commented and said she hated my facial hair. She said it's disgusting. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to make a video and say that female body hair, underarm hair, like hairy underarms is gross. <laughs> and I said that. I just said it's disgusting. <laughs> I said it's it's disgraceful. Feminists wouldn't have liked that. They hated <laughs> it. It was hell- And I knew they were going to do it. I've done it. It's, this is this has happened before. Mm. I've done this before. This is times. your business model. This is, my, <laughs> this, is, this is how you operate. My bread and hairy butter. Whether it's I, vegans or <laughs> cyclists or just upset. Like this is the thing. If, you, if I say something about you and you react, you're giving me exactly what I want. Yeah. This is why the vegans always cop it. It's because yeah. every time they get on their high horse and carry on. Yeah. If they didn't do that, I would have shut up years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I, I, I got absolutely hammered. Mm. Like these, Like I'm getting messages now because I said, and some people cut up the clip and were like, oh, you hate all hair. And I was like, people are hair, people have hair. I'm just talking about the ones that grow it out as like a like a statement. Mm. I basically just said like, shut up, no one cares mm. <laughs> because you're literally not doing anything. That's that's my whole thing. Yeah. And I got hammered. I got hammered saying people were like, you just like women without hair. You're a pedophile. I was like, oh, oh, wow. I was like, oh Jesus Christ. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Yeah, wow. Like, oh, so I've got all, the, all these DMs, people are going, mm. you're a pedo, you're a pedo. And I sort of forgot what it was about the other Jeez. day. And I opened up, I was like, oh my God, what's happened? <laughs> we, um, we were talking <laughs> just before extreme. we started rolling, but we are going to, I think we should do, because Isaac obviously cops a lot of hate mm. online. We're going to do Isaac's mailbag every week. So yeah. we'll pick like the best, <laughs> Great idea. the best bit of abuse every week. Yeah. Yeah. And, do you want me to go on TikTok it? right now and read the most <laughs> recent comment? Oh. Okay. Yeah, go on. <clears throat> okay, let's go on TikTok. TikTok. Let's have a comment. <laughs> are you on TikTok, Nerida? No, not yet. Not I, yet? Are no. you going to – I, I don't think I can bring myself to do I it. I can't either. It's just too much. I, it's, I, are you across all, like, platforms? Like, no. What are you on socials-wise? Uh, we're on YouTube. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Pretty active on those three. Yep. Um, but the whole TikTok and it's another level. Yes, I think it's a, you've got to commit slowly, to it. You know, Snapchat. Although it's Snapchat. just that younger generation that I just cannot wrap my it's head for around. For the kids. Yeah, I'm too old. <laughs> I'm turning forty this year. I'm just 
you know, I can't be, and I don't like being on my phone. I don't like being online it's, a lot. I've tried like mm. it's so it's so hard to strike that balance between yeah. like you want to have a presence, mm, particularly like for a business like what you're doing. Yeah, you want to have a presence, and obviously you you have a fair presence. Oh, well. But also, then you look at your screen. I get my screen time on a Sunday. Yeah. You're like, fuck, yeah. like. Four hours a day or, you know, yeah. it's like, you, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it, it does become – but you just learn mm. to, to live like that. Yeah. What's your screen time like? I don't know. I don't look. <laughs> Yours would be through the roof. Oh, right? yeah, it's yeah. mad. What's it's your ridiculous. screen time every week, you know? I have a I have a cap, so I only let mm. myself have an hour and a half a day. I have an hour and a yeah. half on, on Facebook and really? Instagram. Yeah. So that's like yeah. still three Social hours, media. though. Yeah. Three hours a day. Yeah, well, I mate, I can sit – like when I go to bed, like I can sit on there for hours. Oh, I try and like – it's bad. Yeah. Oh, terrible. So to, to go back to the, the comment, the first one that came up was, uh, I love watching your hairline recede with each video. <laughs> <laughs> it's real karma. It's beautiful. <laughs> Thanks, Jaden. That is karma. So, I don't know. It's funny to watch people um, react negatively to things that are honestly just me fucking around. But people get genuinely angry. And I wanted to know, Narita, did you get a bit of heat for coming on this? Um, no, not yet. <laughs> Wait till it comes not out. Not that I know yeah. of. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And do you know what? That's Even if I do, it doesn't faze me. I'm, you know, I get, you know, it's interesting. Someone uh, someone said to me years ago about the tall poppy syndrome and she and I was only new at the, at the time and no one really knew about me and so everyone was like, you know, go you, like we can't wait to see you succeed and then all of a sudden as soon as you start to build a presence, people start to tear you down. So I... I've been dealing with that for years yeah. and it doesn't faze me. Like it's just a part of it. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I get told that I'm, you know, I hate everyone and all mm. that type of stuff. And in reality, that's just not me. But yeah. I, I, I was saying this to Claire the other day, like, you know, you might say that I'm this misogynistic thing, but just because I say things that people would say is not politically correct or whatever. But like I was saying this to Claire the other day, when we have kids, if we have a girl, I want that girl to genuinely believe that she can do anything in this world and yeah. not be held back because of her genitalia. Mm. I, I, I genuinely mean that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like feminism itself is is a great idea in theory and it did so many amazing things for women. It brought them out of like just being treated like second-class citizens for so long. Mm. And now it's sort of fighting about things that don't matter like body hair. Mm. And that's where all the focus is, where there is still mm. sexism in jobs. Mm. There is still sexism that, that women, and I'm, you know, obviously I'm, I'm mansplaining right now, mm. saying that to you. Mm. But, and it, it's garbage. Like it's just... I don't know. I just I hate the fact that people are treated differently because of their gender, their skin color, or any of those things. Mm. And I'm sure you face it being a, a female businesswoman. You know what? It's really funny because every year there's International Women's Day. I get invited to go and speak <coughs> at events constantly. I actually my old um, employers just down the road here at Cameron Park, and you know three or four years ago they invited me to come and speak, and they wanted me specifically to talk about this. And it's funny. I experienced it a little bit in that industry because it was so heavily male dominated. Since I've been out on my own working for myself, I don't I don't think I've experienced it as much as people talk about it. Yeah. And you know, this it's interesting this feminist uh, you know movement. It's I understand the fire and the anger underneath it and I understand that's what it needed to kind of get started. But anytime anyone's trying to educate me on something, and, and there's shame and there's, um, you know, this guilt and this language around it that, like, you know, say, for instance, oh, who, what's her name? She's on Instagram. Oh, I won't mention her name because then I'll probably get hate for that. But anyway, there's <laughs> Mention this, it. There's take, this, take the heat off me, please. <laughs> there's this particular female, uh, you know. 
online. I know exactly who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And, and you know, she, she actually has some really great points and sometimes I'll listen to her and I'm like, oh, that's a great point. I never thought about that. Like say, for instance, okay, this is one thing that really opened my eyes up. Men talk about, um, you know, when I have a daughter or I have a daughter and she's not allowed to date until she's 40 mm. and I've got a gun and mm. any guy, you know, da-da-da, they, they do that whole rhetoric. Yeah. And it's interesting. She talks about that and, she, and you know, what she thinks men fail to see is that, well, your daughter is probably going to grow up with your sons and actually, like, well, you know what I mean? Like yeah, the, yeah. the men that you hang around. Not a ranger. No. <laughs> God forbid. God forbid. You, you know, we're all going to have children around the same time. They're all going to grow up together. And instead of this, like, this mentality where you're saying, I don't trust men, I know what men are like, why don't we have these conversations with each other where we can become better men, be better role models, and to, you know, therefore raise emotionally intelligent and mm. connected boys that we know will take care of our girls yeah. or our friends' daughters. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the way she talks about it is so angry and so full of, um, you know, there's this, I, I can't put my finger on it, but she, she comes at it in such an aggressive way. Men generally, I feel, don't want to listen because – they're just kind of like frozen and like I'm in trouble. I can't do any. I'm not yeah. doing anything right. And it's like this. It's like anytime you 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 know backed up against a wall. Exactly. And so what I want to see more of this woke culture that we're just creating all these issues. I just think it. Yes, we want progression. Yes, we want to be able to do better. But we don't do that by going out and shaming and projecting and saying you're you know. Like we don't do that by making people feel bad for where they're at. Mm. What we, how we do that is by engaging them and showing the other way. And I just, it's so interesting because I get a fair bit of hate for some of my beliefs, but yet I'm out in the community every single day, every day I'm doing, you know, things for free for charities. I'm doing things for disadvantaged children. I'm doing, you know, I'm co- helping communities. Like I'm developing leaders. I'm developing women. I'm help. you know, I'm like doing stuff all the time. But you don't see that because I'm not constantly virtual, virtue signaling about it. Maybe you should be. Maybe I should. <laughs> Someone should, said yeah. to me once, you "There's be a lot filming of filming everything. <laughs> there's a lot of virtue signaling going, not a lot of virtuous behaviour." Yeah, and yeah. I thought that is such a good point. It's the you worst. know, it's it's the it's the the posting of the social media and and the and the projection of this anger. I get it. We needed that to start it, but now what? Like perfect example, Australia Day this week. You know, it was interesting to watch you know, lots of different people and how they spent that day and how they talked about it, you know. As Australia, we're going through such a tumultuous time right now, aren't we? Like nowhere in the world is going through what we're going through with, you know, the vaccine and lockdowns and all this sort of stuff. Like, you know, The world's looking at us too. 100%. Like the world's looking at us going like, holy shit, guys. Like, we, are, we are the tester. We're the tester. Yeah. I, you know, I had a girlfriend who six months ago, she was deployed overseas to America and I said to her, you wait, you, you you know, what's happening here isn't happening over there. And she mm-hmm. did, said she didn't believe me at the time. She went over and she said pe- when people realised she was Australian, they would come up to her in their street and they'd say, is what happening in Australia really happening? Yeah. She was like, yeah, no one's wearing masks. You know, people are not being, you know, people aren't being discriminated against because they're not vaccinated, all this sort of stuff. And it's just interesting. But anyway, so it was interesting to watch that. And, you know, some of my friends used that day to go out into – Aboriginal communities and learn about connecting to the country, learn about how do they cook their food, what are they, how do they raise their families, what do they do. And it was just so nice to see. It was just interesting. Mm. It was just interesting. And I just thought, 
you know, that would be something I would be really keen to be a part of. If I'd known about it, I would have gone. But, yeah, so, and don't get me wrong, I've attended protests before. I've been in that, I've attended things that I believe, um, you know, are important, but. As you, you should. I just think, we're, how we're, yeah, we want change. How are we going about it? How are we communicating yeah. it? How are we showing up online for it? Yeah, the the whole anger at men is 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 needed in some circumstances, I feel like. When you are angry at a whole group of people, I do feel like it is it is misleading. And you the same people that would be sexist towards a woman would be racist towards a black person, would kick their dog, would, you know, hit their kids too hard, would do all those horrible things. That they're just bad people. And when you constantly attack like every dude, saying, you need to do this, you know and, and like we're sitting there going, I know, I know, but you're not getting through to the right people. And you know what? How do we? How do we? You know, work that out. Like, there's there's a whole huge amount of things that you need to do. And just by saying all men need to do this isn't the way to do it. Oh, I agree. Oh, look, my views on this go way beyond. I, I think this is more a play at dividing people. 100%. I, I think it's mm. it's it's more a way. I wish we would wake up to the ways that the government and the media. Uh, trying to isolate, divide, conquer, and and to separate us. Because mm. you look at everything that's happened over the last five years, you know, and all these topical political issues that we're all weighing into and how divided we're becoming. Yeah. You know, last Christmas, I can't tell you how many people I spoke to that were not with family, like because mm. of issues, you know, and and it's just it's so interesting to watch all these different movements that are fueled by anger and they're progressive and, you know, and to watch it, how, how it's just isolating us. And because you know what? When we are a family unit and a community unit are, are, and are, are so strong, mm. you know, they're not easily controlled. And what I see happening, I just have, I have my own views on what's happening and I just think it's so interesting. Like Everything's even, so polarising. Mm-hmm, like, yeah. like you take like everything we've just talked about, like Australia Day, you mm-hmm. either want to change a date or you don't. Like feminism, you're either for it, mm-hmm. against it, or it's like mm-hmm. COVID, you're jabbed or you're not. Mm-hmm. Everything's yeah. like you're this or you're One this. One line or the other. And yeah. there's no – which is like, mm-hmm. as we've said a thousand times, like the truth is like there's it always, shades of grey everywhere. It always 100%. lies in the middle. But you wouldn't know that. Like there, there if, needs you to be, if you look at your phone, yeah. it's, you know, the, the shittest comments, mm-hmm. the most aggressive comments go to the yeah. top. Yeah. And, 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 and like I'm you say, it's just – I'm guilty of pushing that. Stir in the pot. I'm, I'm guilty of that. <laughs> but it sells tickets, so fuck, what are you going to do? It makes money. Actually, exactly. you're going on tour soon, are you? Oh, my God, I'm on tour right now. Come and see me live. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, I'm, I'm guilty of that, and I and I get that. But more so, you're selling tickets. Like, there's a bit more. I'm a comedian. Already. I'm fucking around. Yeah, there's, but, but a, there's I, more sinister. Like identity politics. The, the mainstream 100%. media, it's, mm. it's scary. Identity politics is a big one, and it's, mm. it is polarising, and it's mm. one way or the other. There's no nuance, and the media is to blame massively. Yeah, the government loves it because they're not talking about them. Yeah, exactly. And, and well, it's we not were just talking about this with Morrison the other day when the the supply chain, his fix for the supply chain was to let sixteen year olds drive forklifts. Mm. We said that's the most ridiculous thing ever, but they just do. It just distracts you from oh, like it's all it's, distraction. It's obviously it's like, not serious. Like yeah, it's yeah. just ever it, it, well, all of this is designed to keep us out of our highest selves. You know, mm. the more in fear, under stress. Um, and the f- more focus we have on, you know, the less connected we are to ourselves, to each other, and the less that we're engaging in behaviours that actually help us work through our shit, our trauma, mm. our, you know, and actually live our best lives. Yeah. And it's so funny. I just, you know, I, like people, con- it's interesting to watch people play into all that and I'm like, 
what are you actually doing with your time yeah. except for jumping on and hating people? Like yeah. you're not actually out there doing anything good. Like if you really want good for the country or good for your community, go and do something. Mm. Like volunteer, get out there into your community and do something. Like if we all really focused on, you know, our 1%, the world would be, the country would be a better place. 100%. But we just particularly social media people, like it, they oh. are trained to have that immediate dopamine release with likes yeah. and whatnot. So yeah. if you're going to, if you're, say, an Instagram person, let's say you're Abby Chatfield or whoever, and you, you know you, you can get a huge response from people by carrying on about something mm. or you go out and do something exactly. and no one knows about That's it right. and you well, know it within yourself that you're doing something good, yeah. but you never get that release. That's right. There's That's not right. that immediate response that yeah. people crave. And that is yeah. that is detrimental to a society's 100%. growth. Yeah. And I think as a people – we are in this country right now. I don't think we've, or maybe even the Western world, I don't think there's been a time where we have been more terrified, more um, divided. Like this is Cold War shit. Like we are constantly terrified we, of what's happening, what's around 100%. the corner, what could happen next. Am I safe? Is my job safe? Is my family going to live? Are we going to make it through tomorrow? Like it is. Yeah terrible and then at the same time we've been told don't trust men Mm -hmm. young girls you Mm -hmm. shouldn't trust the boys in your class they're going to rape you and then this is going to happen and then black people all the white people hate you and it's just like Mm -hmm. mate Mm -hmm. like life is you walk out side here everyone smiles in this neighborhood there's there's people of every color and ethnicity everyone smiling oh what do you cook it's beautiful yeah that's the real world it's like we're living that you know what i have felt like that so many times in the last two years like i remember when covid first hit I went through this. Remember that? <laughs> Remember when COVID that first emergency? hit? That emergency? Two weeks to slow Flatten the spread. Flatten the curve. I was saying to Isaac the other day, I was at the shopping centre and there was a sticker <laughs> from when they first put those sneeze guards uh, in yeah. and it was like, this is here for your protection. Mm. Stop the spread. Stop, slow the spread. We were going to stop it. Yeah. No, it was going to. It was yeah. two years ago. Two, it was ridiculous. Two weeks. Yeah. I tell you what, an emergency doesn't last two weeks, but a war, a, a war lasts two years. We are 100% at war. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And and people, yeah, my views on that are a whole other thing, but we, whatever. We can talk. That was, I was really keen to get you on because I know mm. you've got some like, Good. No, it's good. Well, but like, out there. We, we'll just make sure you, we. You know like, what? When you're gonna, would you like to talk about your thoughts now? Because what we'll do is we'll cut on YouTube and we'll go straight to Spotify because YouTube will take us down if we oh. talk. But negative. you can go hard as you want, like yeah, if it's you up want. To you guys. No, right. well, okay. ladies and gentlemen, check out the rest of this on Spotify or Patreon. We'll be back in a moment with the rest of the podcast. Hello, Nero. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go unleash. No, but it's yeah. good. You can like, yeah. I, so, I was I was keen to get you on because I know you've got some. some what more. happened with you and COVID? Well, okay, so interestingly, I, I was, you know, completely just, you know, in in my own little world, living my life. Um, I was, I had a partner. We lived together. Um, he was a big part of the business. So I started Lasson, but, you know, to start Maitland, you know, I really needed his help. So he really was stepped into the business. We went through a breakup and I had to move out of our home and my two businesses were closed and my accountant sat me down and basically said, I think you're going to go bankrupt um. all in the same two weeks. I was living in an Airbnb and I remember one night laying there and it was the night that they did the announcement. We knew it was kind of coming. They did the announcement. They said, you know, we're going into lockdown. All businesses, non-essential, are going to close. Was this the first lockdown? First Sorry. lockdown. So it was like March to- 2020. Okay, yep. Yeah, Are so you happy for this to be on YouTube? Because this is yeah. important. Fuck it. Play oh, yeah, it. Doesn't play the mean. whole thing, Connor. Fuck it. <laughs> they take yeah. us down, they can take us down. Yeah. So I was just, I remember laying in my bed and just kind of going, you know, this business that at the time was six years old, I'd worked so hard for. And, you know, someone was saying to me at that point, we didn't know the government was going to step in and, and lend support or anything like that. And I had eight staff and I was kind of like, well, 
I know what my overheads are and how much money I've got in the bank. Like I'm not going to last long. Like we knew mm. it was going to be a couple of months. Anyway, um, so I just remember, you know, really going through. I remember walking down to Newcastle Beach on a beautiful day. People were out surfing and I'd been watching the news and I remember being so confused, feeling so dis- like standing here going, but it's a beautiful day in the world. Like I'm in the present moment, but there's also this deadly virus that's coming and, and I have to close my business and what am I going to do? Um, so that really, and, and the worst thing was I had no, I had time on my hands because Mm. at that point lockdown was lockdown. Like last lockdown was a bit different. I think we were used to, we were, you know, not so scared, but the first time we were just, and I lived by myself. So I had all this time on my hands and I had the internet and I just went down all these rabbit holes. Nice. Nice. (laughs) Yes. So, oh geez, where do I start? Okay. So first up. The big thing that ran, that re, the big red flags that I could just see that I was so confused by were the language that everyone was using around this. You know, the government, the shame, manipulation, guilt, um, you know, about, you know, this this disease, okay? Um, so I remember just listening to that language and kind of being a bit confused and kind of like, wow, this is weird, like this virus, like what's going on? Um, and then, you know, I started to go, you know, I started to just post a few things that were questioning in the narrative and then I would just get jumped on, jumped on, jumped People on. People have me up. Mm. I don't anymore though. I yeah. don't anymore. No one says boo now because I think people are starting to question. The, the penny's starting to drop yeah. a little bit. I think two years on people are kind of going, yeah, I've had enough too. What are like, we I doing? want life to get back to normal too. I want my local businesses to survive. So it's two years ago. What, what type of things were you saying two years ago? Well, it wasn't probably two years. It was maybe 18 months. Okay, okay. You know, um, oh, geez, I can't remember. I think it was just, you know, I was learning about vaccine passport was coming, you know. So I, at the time, I'd been a massive, um, you know, supporter of Tallulah Cafe, right? And, you know, I'd always gone there three or four times a week. I'd go and work there. So I spend hundreds of dollars there. I bring my girls there, 20 or 30 girls, every second or third Saturday. I hold events there, like, very good relationship with the owner mm-hmm. and then business went into lockdown and I just thought so many people were just trying to do what they could. So I just thought to myself, well, I'm not really scared of this yet. Like I, you know, I would walk there, buy my coffee and, you know, bacon and egg roll or whatever and then go home. I continued to do that. And then we came out of lockdown. I was there the very first day. People didn't really come out because people were still a bit scared. You know, I saw the owner and he sat down and, God, I hope he's okay with me talking about him, but I think he will be. And I said to him, I knew it was coming. I knew the vaccine passports were coming. And anyway, we're having a chat and I was like, how do you feel being back here? And he's like, yeah, I just wish it was busier. Like people aren't coming out. It's really stressing me out. People were gun shy at the start, weren't they? They didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And um, he was like, we're having a chat. And I said, what are you going to do? Because at that point I knew I was not going to be vaccinated. I just knew. I just thought, nah, this feels sus to me. It just – my intuition was screaming something was not right. And I respect your – you know, your everyone's choice to do whatever they want. But for me personally, I was like – I just don't know about this. It feels a bit off. Um, and I said, what are you going to do when this vaccine passport rolls out? He said, Ness, that'll never happen. You're ridiculous. Like, come on. <laughs> don't be ridiculous. That will never happen. Like, oh, geez, calm down. It was one of many conspiracy theories. Oh, God. One of many that, one of so many. that people look at now and go, mm. was that a conspiracy theory? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, you yeah. know, they look at it look and, and laugh. Yeah, yeah. And so I kept going to the cafe. That was a year. And then, you know, what was it? Last year we went into lockdown and then we came back out of lockdown except unvaccinated people were still meant to be under lockdown. Till like December or December 15th it was. That's right, yeah. yeah. 
So I didn't go back to the cafe. I wanted to respect, you know, like everyone's choice. Um, and I ran into him at a, at a cafe and, uh, sorry, at, a, at the shops. And I just remember him looking at me and it was like this knowing look, like he was kind of like, fuck, like, mm. yes, like I can see now. Did you, you go know, like, I, I, yeah, I was just, <laughs> uh, you know, I'd say it to so many people. So many people I'd be like, this is coming, this is coming. People are like, it'll never happen. Not here in Australia. Mm. Anyway, it did happen. We were locked out of society for nine months, uh, nine weeks. And, you know, what's interesting is, you know, when Omicron hit Newcastle, I find this very interesting. Then I went into the happy, uh, not the happy one, but Young Street Hotel, um, week before Christmas, right? So Omicron hits and interestingly there was like a few people that were scared of getting COVID and scared of um, being in lockdown for Christmas and that, being sick. That was course. a really hard thing for the poor, like anyone running mm. a cafe or a pub because mm. you had that week before Chrissy when mm. everything was open mm-hmm. but no one wanted to catch COVID mm. and fuck Christmas. Mm. But also there were a lot of people that didn't mind catching COVID but also just didn't want to be tracked and traced and isolating for no reason. What a fucking pain in the ass that is. And But <laughs> guess who isn't? Guess who? The people who aren't scared of that. The unvaccinated. Yeah, because you just... So I was still living my life. I was still out there supporting cafes, supporting businesses, you know. And, you know, I just get so frustrated because all these businesses that we were turned away from and said, you're not allowed in here, you're a second-class citizen, um, to then to see... Because I'm a very... a huge advocate of that community, so I'm well-connected to the thousands of people that live here in Newcastle that, you know, are not on board with that. And they're still living their life. They're out there supporting the cafes that turned them away for nine weeks. They're out yeah. there supporting the businesses. They're not scared of it. They're living their lives. They're not complying. And then all these businesses are complying to the point where they're nearly closing. Yeah. Is it a hard thing for from the and like as someone who runs a business? Is it hard because the the way that the rules were brought in, it was it's on the businesses to then enforce. Do you know what I mean? Like they like because I don't know what I'm assuming. There's like good like big fines if you're they're if, bullshit. Yeah, they're 100 percent bullshit. But is it like is they're it is, as a, as a business owner exactly? But as a business owner, is it like they go fuck? Like we better just make sure everyone's vaxxed. That's why like you, you can see obviously it, make that choice not to do it. You but. see it at Kmart, like there's some 15 year old boy oh, or girl at the front fighting off asking, everyone, asking oh, grown men, like, and, and grown men are like, nah. Yeah. And like, oh, fuck but is it a hard thing that. from the point of view of a business who's gone through what they've gone through to then be like? Oh fuck! Yeah, like, we well, just got. We can't risk a fine, even though, like you say, it's okay, bullshit. You, okay, so it's 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 about the what's the payoff of that, exactly. right? So you know, like it's interesting. I'm a big believer. Like I said a long time ago, you know. So October, what was it? It was um, October 11. They said you can reopen your businesses, but you can only open them to vaccinated clients. And so for me, like I'm not like a cafe or a bar where people come in and out and flow and whatever. I'm like a community, so everyone knows everyone. And I said, I said to myself a year ago, I said, I will rather, I will close the door to Lausanne before I will ever discriminate against anybody for any reason. Because guess what? This is a very slippery slope. This doesn't end with a vaccine. And that's what people don't realise. They're already starting to slot in, you know, language around climate change and around, you know, obesity and about how those people spread disease and it might be for your protection. So I just listened to the language around all this and I, I so easily see it. It's like, you know, it would not be okay to discriminate on base of race, but because they've created this narrative where it's for protection. Now, I find this so interesting. They said you get vaccinated, you won't spread it, you might, you won't catch it, whatever. Now, look at everyone that's vaccinated that's spreading it, catching yeah. it, and it's like, well, why were we locked out of society for nine weeks? And that'll probably happen again because we don't comply. We'll I, be. I think if Beryl Jiglian was still in power, she would have locked down in New South Wales. For sure, mm. without a doubt, she would have locked it down because yeah. they're scared. They don't know what to do. And we had this um, conversation in the car today, Claire and I. It's like 
you get vaccinated, but you still get it. But oh no, it's not as bad. But there's no way to measure that. That's you um, you know, you're still going to pass it on, but you might not pass it on as much. Like just the the and and I am I'm wrong with what I said before because we'll have to put this on Spotify because you yeah. said on the crime, you've said vaccinated four times. That's all right. We're fucked. That's all right. Uh, so sorry, Connor, please cut all of that out. Um, <laughs> but which, which by the way is insane that you can't exactly. talk about that, Isn't that on the world's biggest platform, and YouTube. Russell Brand is going hammer time at the moment. He is. He is. And actually. he's like, I don't know if it's because he gets, he's big enough. Well, he's got a, obviously a massive following, but he's, I was watching him the other day. I was like, Bro, how is this on YouTube? He's fucking just going picking the eyes out of all of it. Man, everything that I put up that has anything to do with COVID mm, gets gone. age restricted, all yeah, that type of stuff. Of course. So that and isn't that interesting? Like they don't put the same effort into child pornography, <laughs> yeah, but or, or abuse. They, you know, you can. I mean, I I've never tried it, but you know, like I just I find it fascinating that they put all this time and fucking right, and sorry. <laughs> all this resource and money and energy into. You know, this narrative, like we've never, ever lived in a time before where any device you turn on, within minutes you've got that narrative in your ears. How many deaths, how many cases, how many vaccinated, how many aren't, da-da-da, the whole thing. I've it's had like, a gut full of the Daily Tally. That's got to go. Uh, is, is it gone, the Daily is it gone tally. Yet? I haven't seen it in weeks. I think I just canned it in America. But the Daily Tally's got to go. If I, you want it, it should be there. If, I, you, if you're that way inclined, you should be able to. But fucking fuck that off. I love it. That's got to go. How they have, oh, since, the, since COVID started two years ago, this many people... It's like, mm. Do you know what? how many people die in Australia every day? Oh, 400. Plenty, how many? 400 people die in Australia every day. 100%. And no more people died in 2020 than in any other year in, in the US or in, in Australia. Now, isn't this interesting? I don't know if you remember. And, and all this information, there's a really great quote saying that I, I've loved. All the information you need is in, hidden in plain sight. You go into the world on data. I don't need to know these stats exactly, but you're in the right place. The the we're very bad with our stats yeah, in there. You need like a Joe Rogan like guy in the background just going boom. Do some stats. <laughs> Do something, Lordy. <laughs> Numbers now. Take your feet off that carton of piss. <laughs> Lordy's in the background with his feet on a carton of beer. <laughs> we need numbers. But um, um, the world in data, you know, 2.2 million people die in America every year. Do you know what they predicted when that when COVID hit? All the political forecasters were saying 2.2 million people are going to die from this disease this year. Mm. Isn't that interesting? The mm. same number of people that they know die in the US every year. You know, 180,000 people roughly die in Australia every year. No more people died in 2020. Could that be because everyone was locked down? Um, well, we've got some numbers here. Well, Lordy's coming what are numbers? these numbers? <laughs> have you had COVID yet, Nero? No, I haven't. Ah. See, we just both had it. Yeah, I know. And Lordy didn't even have it. We were meant to record last week. Well, yeah, yeah. and so I, I, I was like, I, and we I messaged Nero with a hilarious message I said. <laughs> I'm feeling real positive about today and then sent my test results. <laughs> it was very COVID good. positive. Touche. Um, I was fine. Sorry, mm. Lordy, that was shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Lordy. Uh, love you, mate. Um, I was fine throughout the whole thing and we can probably come back. Welcome back, YouTube. You missed out on a great chat. Go and check it out on Patreon <laughs> for $1 a month. Um, I was fine. I ran every day yeah, up in the I bush away from people not to, yeah. not to hurt anyone. Yeah. I ran 5K every day, kept yeah. my normal time, awesome. the whole sort of thing because I couldn't go to the gym. Did you have any um, symptoms? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I said before the podcast, I'm smelling vinegar. Mm. <laughs> it's not the worst thing in the no, world. No, I know. It's not the worst thing I've smelled. Eat hot chips, yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, other than that, I felt a bit bit crook. Mm. But crook. Mm. And this is the thing when people say, oh, I was so sick, mm. so sick. What do you say when you got a real bad flu? Mm. I'm so sick. Yeah. I'm fucking yeah, feeling totally, awful. Totally, yeah. Now, people die yeah. from this and people get really badly affected mm. from this. And this mm. is what I always say. I say, you know, there's the anti-vaxxers and then there are like the 
the religious faxes, whatever you want to mm. call them. The truth is in the middle of with course. all of these type of yeah. things. This is a virus, much like the other coronaviruses, that are very is very dangerous to a certain select group of people. Now, mm. should we shut down the entire world because people's grandmothers might die? It sucks. Mm. It is fucking horrible. And but when you get old, you are vulnerable. Vulnerable. Yeah, you are vulnerable. And maybe not even when you get old. Certain people, when the, the Spanish flu killed younger people. Mm. And, you know, it's, oh, it's, a, it's when so you different. actually, you know what? Oh. When I first started this journey. Uh, uh, let me stop you there, my friend. <laughs> when I first started this journey, I had no problem. I, I was, I've travelled all around the world. I've travelled six months through Africa, like the middle of Africa. I've had every vaccine needed. You know, I never questioned it, I, you know, all of them. I wouldn't really get the flu shot every year because I am I love exercise. I swim in the ocean all through winter. I'm generally pretty healthy. Like I could count on one hand how many times I've been really sick. Um, touch wood. Um, <laughs> so... When I first started this, I used to get called an anti-vaxxer all the time and I used to get really upset because I was like, no, I believe in vaccines. I just, this one feels weird. Then you go down the rabbit hole of vaccines and once you go down, I'm, I'm telling you right now, you will be mind blown at the stuff that you think, that you know you've, that you've been told, that you just believe, that when you actually dig deep and unpack that you just, it will blow your mind you know, it just do yourself a favour and go back and revisit all these historical moments that we've just l- learnt and thought that we, we, we've just taken as, as gospel mm. and you will start to see that things were not as they are. And there's a really good saying, his, the only new thing that happens is the history you don't know. Mm. So, you know, this narrative of illness and protection for others and vaccine and it's interesting. It's played out a number of times. Any, any anytime it's about protection, like you saw what happened with like ter- terrorism was the last one mm. and, and, and all like the surveillance, like things that are just like part and parcel now, we're all, everything's for your protection. Like it's like mm. we're keeping you safe and like this is just, I think like a lot of like – I, I've remained relatively ignorant to all of it because I know it's all bullshit and like the like paying a lot of attention to it just gets you upset. Yeah, true. Like it just it does. Get, like and I'm I don't know. And like, why live your life like that? Like honestly, really? like and like I don't know, like the this stuff like I just like you know it's all bullshit. Mm. You know it's all fishy and you just go yeah. like fuck, what can I like well, this when is me. When you're sacrificing, like when I see little children having to wear masks and 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 you know, being tested constantly and being vaccinated when there's like the risk to children is just insane. It's, it was ne- so, it was non it was a non oh, thing the whole time. And oh now no, it was always coming. There is not one. They they have their agenda to you know inject every single person on this planet. The the Australian government contract runs until the end of 2025. We were talking about this the other day. Yeah, do you yeah. know the stats on that? So, blew my mind. So why why inject everyone? Is it just profit on, oh, on behalf of? Oh okay, good. all right. Let's look, go. Let's go down the rabbit hole. This uh, whole podcast is just yeah. – <laughs> it'll be on Spotify. Know, Spotify, Spotify. I thought we were talking about body image. <laughs> that'll, that'll come. It'll that'll come. come. Oh, no, look. I, I knew this would be a good chat. Yeah, I, I think – I honestly believe um, there is a – I believe this virus. I do believe in the theory that it's man-made and I do believe it's a bioweapon and I think there's a number of different reasons why and, you know, I, I think we're in for a long fight. I, I yeah. do. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, you know, I, I completely 12, agree. they want. Uh, I think Another two weeks? Flatten the curve? <laughs> yeah, Is two that weeks. <laughs> Two more weeks? They want, they want, you know, every single baby, child, adult, elderly person injected with 12 shots between now and the end of 2025. So that's what, three or four a year. Right. You're not getting away and you're, you will lose your civil liberties 
if you if you do not comply. You'll be like me. You'll be an unvaccinated pleb. I just had COVID though. What's no, the? No, that that only gives you six weeks of immunity. According that is, to that is hilarious because they they said for a long time that it's six, six to eight months. Yeah. And then the Australian government came out and said it's 28 days. That's right. Oh, there you go. That you have immunity. 28 28 days. insane. But this is the problem with all of this. And I I just, it does my head in because the little lies, Mm. they, you lose so much trust. trust. Oh, I agree. Just eroded. (laughs) Imagine, Imagine if every single Australian tomorrow turned around and said, no more. We do not comply. We, we throw it out. Our QR codes. We throw out our masks. We live our lives. We do not enforce these things on other people. Like if every the people have always had the power. Well, I think Nerida, like what you're saying there. I think, and I'm only using myself an example. So when this first all kicked off, and they said you got to get your two shots, I was like, just do it. Like, yeah. do right and I think thing. a lot of people, yep. like like me, were just like sweet. Mm. And I'm pretty reasonable and pretty carefree, but I'm starting to get the shits with it now. And I think a lot of probably pretty normal, reasonable people, like I've got. Some of my smartest mates, like a, a girl I know who's a clinical psychologist who needs to get a booster for a job, is going, I'm not going to get it. Mm. And she's like very straighty 180, mm. follows the rules. And I think a lot of people are starting to get the shits with it now. Mm. And I don't know how much more push they can sort of do well, before people. Do you know what I mean? Like, There's an interesting concept. Jordan Peterson talks about it on the Joe Rogan podcast called Fractionation where – um, and you can see it now. They're kind of taking their foot off the pedal a little bit, like they're letting us get used to life. It's summer. People are out enjoying themselves. But you watch the next variant that will come. I've heard rumours of a variant called Neo, whether that's going to be it or not, I'm not sure. <laughs> that was to coincide with the new Matrix movie <laughs> yeah. coming out. Brought to you by Meta Hunter Reeves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg um, and the Metaverse and Neo. Yeah. But um, that will come and and you watch, it, you know, and they're already saying that the, the your last two or three shots aren't, you know, aren't going to cover you for this particular new variant, so you need to get your next shot because of this new variant. So they'll use the same techniques and they'll take away civil liberties. They w- you won't be allowed to participate in society if you don't get your next shot. Mm. So a lot of people say that, but and, and I've lived it, right? I've lived it, you know. A lot of people say that, but it's a whole – it's one thing to say it, it's a whole other thing to live it. You've got to, got to be prepared to lose your job. You've got to be prepared or prepared to push back a little. Yeah. I'm blown away by how little pushback people have given you know, I've seen people go to the end of, you know, end of everything to to defend themselves on this and, and their principles. And I think I have so much respect for that. But, you know, people just either go, it's either I take it or I don't. Well, actually, no, there's a yeah. whole lot in the middle. Mm. What about you talk to a solicitor? What about you talk to a couple of other people at work that d- might not want to take the next one and get together and, and go to work? Did you know that in Australia, if you point out a risk in the workplace to your employer, they have to legally follow it through and, and, and investigate it? And we all know this vaccine does come with risk. Mm. It does. People saying that it doesn't is insane. I've talked to dozens if not hundreds of people that have had, you know, adverse reactions. So you can't say what's good for one is good for all. No. So I think it's it's an interesting time and it's interesting because Australians, we've been so complacent. Yeah. You know, I listened to Senator Malcolm Roberts talk about this and it really hit me. I, every year we go to vote and I've just been like, oh, I can't believe I have to vote. And now I've never been more connected to, you know, politics and to people and to my communities and to what's going on in the world as I have. And that's probably because it's affected me personally. Like I've nearly lost my business we, from it. Like you say, like it's easy when it doesn't really affect that's you directly right. to just – We don't care about things. We're yeah. just, and we got it so good yeah. in this country. You can just yeah. fuck around that's and right. do what you want until until now when yeah. there's things directly affecting your day-to-day. It's like, oh, hang yeah. on a second. Maybe that's I should right. be paying attention here. Yeah. And, and do you know what? It doesn't even matter whether you're pro or anti. What we're losing and what people don't realise is we're 
we're losing the choice to mm. choose what goes into our kids' bodies, into our bodies. And I think that's a slippery slope that we are on. And I just think, you know, and, and it really frustrates me that parents don't get more, you know, because they, they always talk when it comes to environment, um, you know, and all these sorts of people are always saying, you know, act with the seventh generation in mind. Well, what about our legal, what about our policies? What about the way, how we treat each other? What about, you know, the freedoms? Like we are such a lucky country. People write to me all the time and say, you live in a in a lucky country. And I'm like, I know. Mm-hmm. And I want it to stay that way for my children, their children and so on. And that's why it's up to us to protect it. And Americans, this is not happening in America because people over there, they've got guns. <laughs> I was about guns. to say they're packing yeah. heat. 100%. We, 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 yeah, it's interesting. And then you go down that rabbit hole. Why don't we have guns anymore? Well, that was what oh, Dick no, and I, no, we're not talking yeah. about that. <laughs> that was what, <laughs> that was what Dick and, uh, who are the American comedians we had on? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dick and Vito. And yeah. they were these two guys and they said, they couldn't believe that we didn't have guns. Mm. And the, one of the <laughs> reasons pointing to it, because again, you grow up in Australia, you're just like, we don't have guns because we don't want mass shootings. But they were blown away and they said, well, one thing, if the government tries to pull anything stupid mm. here, everyone's, everyone's fucking, fucking tooled up. Everyone's yeah, tooled yeah, yeah. up. That's and they, right. They're going to think twice about it. Whereas here, we'd like. There are 300, oh, I think there are 380 million guns in the US. Yeah, I wanted to buy a gun straight after he said yeah. that. I was like, I yeah. need, to, I need well, to get a gun. Well, interestingly, two years ago, <laughs> The time frame to get a gun license was uh, was short, but now it's it's huge. Yeah, I want to get, want, yeah, yeah. and and I think that's interesting. I want Why? a gun. Why yeah. is that? I, I, want a I gun. tried to get a gun there for a while, and I just never got around to it. But I just love I love mm. shooting guns. I was out there shooting guns the other week up in the Gold Coast. But I I understand the conspiracy around the uh, banning of guns. Um, in conspiracy, Australia. or could it be truth? Not even going to talk about it because <laughs> last time someone talked, Pauline Hanson talked about it once, and yeah. she just got hammered. She said like, something ridiculous because you know recently what? too about uh, Indigenous Australians needing to get over. They said, "Get over it and stop being victims." She said this like yesterday, oh, like about yeah. Australia. Like, Pauline, just See, go. Just, I've got this whole bit in my act at the moment. Is Pauline has got this disease? It's called um, <laughs> being a redhead. No, it's called racist Tourette's. She just, <laughs> just out of nowhere, she'll just spill something out. Like she it's can not her make fault. a point which is so mm. good and concise, and then just ruin it by throwing mm. blackfella in at the end. Yeah. Like, it's like shut the fuck up, Pauline. You were doing so well, Pauline. But yeah, it's. It is, a, it is a whole amazing soup of, mm. of, of mess and mm. and there is no middle ground. There is no time for discussion and there are some interesting points you raise and there's some that we could talk about and, and debate and get into and everyone has their thoughts. It is almost like a religion either side. There's no time for the middle and that's what's worrying and when you hear things that you know are falsehoods and you still have to act on them, it's, it's just crazy. Um, but, yeah, I... I just, I don't know, it just does my head in that so many people are, they refuse to have a tiny bit of self-worth under the idea of that maybe the government doesn't always tell the truth. <laughs> God. I think because they're in fear, that's why. Do you think a lot of people just know that? Like, I don't, I don't know. Do you know what it is? Do you know what it is? It's people are so afraid of yeah. stepping outside the norm and being jumped on. People yeah. are so afraid of being cancelled. Yeah. People are so afraid to be seen to not be doing the right thing. Yeah. That's all it is. That the right Pe- thing, thing. Oh, it's ruined it's, it for me. I took great. my niece I took my niece and nephew down to um 
you know, this um, uh, treetops down here yeah, yeah, yeah. recently and my niece, she's hilarious, and she kept wanting to go the opposite way. Like everyone goes a certain way because you've got to, you know, you can't have two people going the opposite way. And she kept wanting to go back and I said to her, I said, Henny, like you've got to keep coming this way. And she was like, why? And I'm like, well, you've got to go this way because everyone's coming, you know, do the right thing. And yeah. as soon as I said it, ah, I was like, oh, Because it, it's out. an argument like, when you don't have an argument. It's like, yeah. why do I need to do that? Char- exactly. Do it. <laughs> it's so interesting. Told. So many, I've sat down. You know, so many people have attacked me for my views and I'm like, let's have a conversation. No, won't have a conversation. They'll just character and just completely, you know, tear apart my character or tear apart the person's character that I'm talking about. And I'm like, you're actually not even arguing about their points, you know. Mm. And do you know what? You know what? Everything aside, right, everything aside, I do not know how anyone can stand there and listen to Dr. Kerry Chant, um, who else in Australia, the, like um, Fauci even, you know, all these doctors, I listen to them and you close your eyes and you really listen and they stutter and, uh, and, uh, and, and it's you can see their eyes ticking over like think, 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 think. You know when you're trying to, t- you know when you're really trying to remember a lie? Yeah. <laughs> I just yeah. watch them and I'm like they do not feel confident or fluent in what they're speaking. But then you listen to doctors like Peter McCulloch, Robert Malone, Michael Yeadon, all these doctors that are like, you know, out there trying so hard and putting their careers, everything on the line, and they're just fluent and completely like they're just like roll off the tongue. They can talk for hours without even taking a breath. Mm. How do you not listen to that and just trust that instead of listening to these people, these bureaucrats, and just, I don't know, I just don't get that. You know, Mm. the CNN doctor went on to Joe Rogan. and Gupta, yeah. Yeah, and he (laughs) said to Joe Rogan, Slow down. You're going too fast for me. Oh. You're the doctor. He's a neurosurgeon, isn't he? Yeah. That blew my mind. He said Joe Rogan was just hitting him, hitting him. And this guy said, you need to slow down. And it was because he was he, he was not in his authentic truth. But they've also haven't been in a, in a debate. Oh, that's right. We've never seen it. There's and no, you won't see it because who's going to pay for that? They would get the torn down. So this is – and I think – I think what we'll do with this this podcast sorry. is like, no, 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 no. No, this is good. This is, is we'll, we'll, so sorry. We'll, no. grab, we'll grab this one section. I've wanted section. to do this for two years. We'll grab yeah. this one section yeah. and put it on Spotify yeah. and then we'll get to some other topics Perfect. later on for, Sounds for good. YouTube. Yeah. Um, <laughs> YouTube, the YouTube-friendly version. Yeah. So who's having fun? <laughs> <laughs> no, but because I think it's important that you get, 100%. You get whatever you want to get out. Oh, yeah, well, it's know? funny. I've wanted to talk about it on my own podcast, but- there's been fear, like yeah. because you know I would get the most hateful comments, and I'm, you know, I'm not like you. Like I do care. I do like don't want to hurt he people. Oh, he cares. Yeah, I, I mean we all do. No one likes being, you know. But I just have I been care. so Look, afraid. The to- don't miss, mate. That's a caring product. <laughs> it lights up the toilet bowl when you go to the toilet. You can buy these for <laughs> IsaacButterfield.com. No, mansbestfriend.com. Oh, sorry, sorry, business. Um, yeah, so. The the whole thing with Kerry Chan and then there's Brad Hazard. We've talked about this before. Oh Brad's got a Bachelor of Arts. Shut the fuck up, Brad. Exactly. I, 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 exactly. I also have a Bachelor of Arts. So <laughs> <laughs> you are just Appreciate as highly qualified as the bloody health minister What a here. fucking waste of time. A BA. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I'm going to go for the health minister's job next year. You should. Why not? Why not? Anyone can do it. Yeah. No, it's – um. And now, did you say that the 270 doctors or whatever are trying to get Joe Rogan's podcast taken off Spotify? What about Neil Young? And then Neil even, Young? I don't even believe that. They're not too. I don't. 
And do you know what? There are 17,000 doctors that are a part of the American frontline doctors. Yeah. It's seven, like, I don't, you know, 270 probably line their pockets with something. Like, that means nothing. Oh, to but me. if you go down to the local medical center, there's 15 doctors there. Like, you're almost halfway there. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's not many people. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's a few, like I, I was just, looking at some of the doctors that signed up. One was like, one was a dentist, one yeah. was a podiatrist. <laughs> it's like, shut up, mate. <laughs> I love that Neil Young kicked up a stink. What was that? So there's 230,000. So they've got. Oh, in that right. industry. Thank you for that. Thank you. Well done. Lordy, Lordy. with the numbers. Hey. Lordy, welcome. Get a microphone. I gave him orange juice before the show, so that must have fired him up like a little gremlin. What about Neil Young demanded to be taken down from Spotify because he didn't want to. Oh, that yeah. was hilarious. And I bet they all went, who? Is he still <laughs> making Neil Young's music? great, but like they, Neil Young sucks. He said, they can't have Young and Rogan. And uh, Spotify was like, see you, mate. See we just ya. invested $100 million <laughs> yeah, exactly. in Joe Rogan. Yeah, uh, this bloke gets 11 million streams an episode, mate. We're not going to yeah. take him yeah. down yeah. over it. And you know up. what? I really credit him for what he's doing. Like, And do you know what? He has had doctors on both sides. You know, he's actively invited that um, Gupta. He's had other doctors or other medical professionals who are very pro-vax. Like I really genuinely think... You know, so many people jump on him and hate on him, but I think what he is doing is is I think in years to come we will look back on that as it, mm. it, he will win some sort of I don't know a Nobel Peace Prize or something because mm. I think what he's doing is creating a safe place for anything to be spoken, and he's trying really hard to. And there's obviously an appetite for it. Like oh, people, like there's there's, there's desperate no, for it. It's no coincidence that like he's the biggest, most yeah. consumed bit yeah. of media, mm. he's like completely dwarfing mm. all mainstream sources. Yeah. And, all I think it's a, and I don't and think it's is, a coincidence. Do you know what? This is so interesting. You know, I, I used to have really good relationships with everyone from the Herald and the NBN News and stuff <laughs> like that. To. Used to. Yeah, used to. Before this, because I write to them and I tell them constantly, I, I'm sending them things and I'm like, you know, why aren't you sharing this? Why aren't you talking about this? Why aren't you reporting on this? And they actually came back to me. This was hilarious. And they said, oh, Nerida, like we actually just tell people stories. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I thought you were journalists. I thought you were meant to uncover the truth. No. But it's <laughs> interesting. Don't be stupid. And I say to them all the time, like, it, do you know what I find so interesting? Two years ago I was following independent journalists on social media and the way they carry themselves are very emotional. They weren't very well spoken. They weren't, didn't have great grammar. You know, they didn't write blogs. They didn't have websites. You're following me? It's <laughs> <laughs> the Daily Blue. That sounds like a lot of my your journalism. Your great. Emotional. I love your stuff. Poor grammar. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. But I was following a lot of these guys, you know, people, and um, now I watch this, I look at their stuff and I'm like, wow, they're referencing things and they're interviewing people and they're, they're writing blog pieces and they're putting them on their website and they're, you know, they're not so emotional. They're, they're coming up with, they're backing their stuff up with facts. And, you know, I think what we're seeing is a shift. And I say to the mainstream journos all the time, you don't realise, but you're, a, you're, you know, you, you being complicit in this and not even asking questions is actually you participating in the end of what this this is. Mm. It, mainstream media will eventually be yeah. become completely obsolete. Our children will never yeah. watch it. On, it's on its way out 100%. anyway. It was out its way out five years ago. Yeah. And now well, it's just being cemented. They've like nailed stop, the coffin. Stop printing. Yeah. Like, and they're like, oh, it's going online. Mm. It's like yeah. less people, less people. Anyone can broadcast. Like right now, anybody, you can never had that before. But watch it. I just love watching these independent journalists mm. like create. Good these, on yeah, yeah. I think. Absolutely. And I say to people, I say to journalists, I say, are you embarrassed that you went to university for so many years to, to just work for someone who tells you what to do every day mm. and then you've got these independents that are out there. They've basically self-made. Self-made, yeah. anyone with the iPhone and, and the internet can go out and become a journalist and create a profile and get traction and make money. Yeah. Like isn't that hilarious? So yeah. there, then you go into the education system and it's like, well, why do people do that? Why do people go to university mm. to become, yeah. to get no, that well, piece of paper? What does that a, mean? A journalist is a bullshit job. 
Yeah. Because it's just a, it's just a. Well, oh, I'm a, well, I'm a fucking journalist. I was yeah. just about to say, like, coming <laughs> from you, you I put are, out, yeah. I put out four videos a week. That's right. I'm a journalist. Yeah, you are, motherfucker. Like, come out. <laughs> I remember I had this argument with a dude from the Herald, and and I said, I said something about online. I said, people who pay for newspapers online are the worst types of people. <laughs> like, are you oh, kidding? And and he he messaged me because my old man was writing for the Herald at the time, and he said, mate, do you think people shouldn't pay for? Don't you think your dad's articles are worth? I said, I've, I've, what? No. No, I re- wouldn't pay that. He's a retired footballer. No, I wouldn't pay for that. I, uh, mate, if you want people to pay for it, get advertisers. Get, mm. you know, where do you think I make money? Mm. You know, do it like that. Yeah. So yeah. I think to wrap up the, the COVID section. Yeah. So we can go back to YouTube. Yeah. So we can go back to YouTube. <laughs> um, yeah, it stinks. It stinks. It stinks. Well, it stinks you can't talk about it. Like you should like. That's right. It's just ridiculous. Like you've obviously had a lot on your chest for a long time. No, 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 not obviously. No, no, not obviously. But like you should be, and even like talking about it with mates, like it's it's a bit taboo. Like people Mm. don't want to go into it, and Mm. you're scared to talk. Like, and isn't that interesting? People say we live in a free country, and I'm like, do we? Do we though? A free country is where you can speak and you can uh, you can question and you can you you're allowed to you know debate. We don't have that right now. Like it's only very few people that are emotionally you know, intelligent enough to sit there. And, and I have a few friends that we are very pro, pro that we send stuff back and forth and it's been really interesting watching us kind of like come, you know, and, and send, you know, talk and debate. And I love that. That's what life is all about. You know, the worst thing they ever did years ago, this is the, the start of us becoming a dumber generation, was say don't ever talk about money, religion or politics at the <laughs> dinner table. Yeah. Now you go to dinner with friends and it's such, it's surface level gossip and it's, you know, and it's just interesting. Why can't we bring back those, in, you know, really interesting conversations where we're really engaged with what's happening in our country, what's happening with our families, what's happening with ourselves, mm. and be completely honest and have a safe space to do that. Mm. That's and all I want. Regardless of, you know, your opinion or what you find to be the truth or feel to be the truth, you should be able to speak yeah. regardless of that. Yeah. Um, ladies and gentlemen, get our YouTube. Uh, <laughs> welcome back. You've They're going to get about 12 minutes of content. <laughs> you've, you missed out. Um, but uh, we did feel that uh, Susan Wojcicki, the CEO of YouTube, was on her way here to shut us down. So uh, There was a knock on the door. There was a knock on the door. <laughs> but Nerida, I wanted to ask some questions about, um, because we haven't had uh, someone who is surrounded by women uh, on the show before. And we're only 10 episodes in or 11 episodes in, so it's not like we've done it by choice. Um what issues are facing young women these days, do you think? Um, oh, I think the biggest issue that we're all facing is that we're living in a society that is constantly trying to pull us away from our true selves. It, it's constantly sending this message that we're not enough and, um, you know, and that there's so much distraction that we are not, you know, developing our relationship with self and and it's causing mental illness it's causing you know terrible uh relationships with our bodies our self-image um poor relationships with our friend you know others you know and our families and our friends um yeah that's that's the biggest issue i see women face that they just perpetually feel like they're not enough Mm. and i think that's the saddest thing because you know, when you come from that place, and I've been there, you know, I've, I've had to do a lot of work to build up my self-worth um, and I still do. I'm still doing the work now. Um, it, it affects and permeates every part of your life. You know, it, it affects the partner you choose. It affects the way you parent your children. It affects the relationships you have with friends. It, it affects who's in your life as those friends, you know. 
Um, it affects the job that you go for, the confidence that you might have. You know, the biggest thing I see with women is they just never think that they're worthy. They don't chase those businesses or try the the new thing because they're ter- terrified of failure. Um, and it, it really breaks my heart because mm. I, I've been really lucky. I think I've come from, you know, I've been very lucky. I've been I've made a point of being surrounded by people who are, um, you know, into sport, into self-development, like reading books, going to seminars, trying new things, supporting each other, like a beautiful community of people where we're all just trying to live our best lives. And when, you know, I love that saying, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Um so I feel very blessed that, you know, I'm in that circle of people and I'm always really – I really feel proud of the life I live mm. um, and I just wish more women felt safe to do that. I mean, how does, it, how does one give someone the confidence to do those things? Because I feel like that's an issue that, that young men face as well. Oh, I think it's people. 100%. Any, anyone. It's, it's just people, oh, it's right? Peop- it's everywhere. Yeah. It's, it's, it's everywhere. I see it with men all the time too. Men probably more so because men chronically don't feel like they – can have those conversations. You know, it was interesting, um, you know, a, a few men really expressed to me like over the last couple of years they were like, oh, I really wish there was something like La Somme. But for men, you know, w- they really are craving that space to just train with guys and chat and just people that are, you know. I don't I don't think they could do it. I think they would have too much pushback. What do you, what mean? Do you mean? Yeah. If you had a man on I don't thing. think so. I think men's groups are becoming more of a thing um, and – we, we were talking about this the other week when we got onto the topic of like mental health mm. and you've seen a big shift in the last few years about that stigma. Yep. I don't think it's really a thing any as it's nowhere near as much definitely about talking like, you know, when guys like there's so many like it ain't weak to speak and like yeah. uh, living and like there's like a thousand things. That stigma around men's mental health is sort of, I think it's nearly gone. Can like, I ask you a question? Yes. Do you find, do you feel like since that's happened, you're having deeper, more meaningful conversations with your friends? Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I think cool. so. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm like similar to you. Like, I'm, I've always feel very fortunate, like the group of mates I've got around me. Um, and it's something you sort of, as you get older and you realize how important it is, like talking about shit. And you, yeah. and then I'm, I'm fortunate I've got mates around me that you can sit and if things aren't going well, you can have it, have a yarn with and stuff. And, you know, not everyone has that, like you say. Yeah. Um, I, think, but yeah. I think a lot of people are still in the, the group of friends when they're 20, mm. that type of thing. And that's oh, not yeah. that's not the group of friends you talk to about these issues yeah. because they're all idiots. Yeah. You know, it's what they are. Like, it's, you I talk to the ones. certainly an idiot when I was 20. Well, yeah, they don't know yeah. shit about life. They can't yeah. give, you, give you any, uh, you know, experience or advice based on experience. Um, like we were talking about this the other day about how the – how it's changed the stigma. The stigma is no longer, and I think it's the same with women. It's not about talking about it. It's about seeking help yeah. and seeking treatment, mm. like doing something about it. Like, mm. yes, the first the first thing to do is talk to your mm. mates or talk mm. to your friends or talk to your, your mum, your dad, whatever. Mm. But people very rarely go to that next step and but see also someone. To, yeah, because there's so many challenges there. It's like, okay, right now, yeah. like, you know, to, to engage in, in mm. you know, seeing a psychologist or – you know, a therapist or something like that, you, you know, you've got to go and get a referral from a doctor to get your Medicare rebate. Yep. And then the investment is, you know, upwards of $200. And then you go and the gap is still huge. You might have to pay 100, 120. I'm not really sure. And then it takes weeks, if not months to get in. And then you've got to go and find if that person even fits. So he's yeah, the right person. Yeah. Too. And then if it's not, you've got to go and find, you've got to go again and again and again until you find that person that you click with. Hmm. So I understand the challenges that people face when, you know, they feel so lost, they're, they're not resourced, like they might not have, you know, the money to do that. 
Um, but I do believe, I think there's so many people out there right now, like um, there's this lady called the holistic psychologist, Nicola Pera. She's phenomenal. She's all about getting out there and trying to give as much for free or at the lowest cost possible for people to access. And she's got millions of followers now. What she has done for the world is incredible. She has a book called How to Do the Work and I really believe every single human being should read it. Every month or so she, she'll she Should it be take, mandated? Would you say I, mandated? <laughs> <laughs> How things change, Mary. I know, that word. Wow. It's crazy. She will every now and then buy, just take a hundred of them and just leave them, you know, at bus stops and, oh, wow. you know, in malls and stuff just That's for people it. to pick up. That's cool. She's really giving back. Anyway, um, but I, I do believe everyone's healing and, and you know, can come in different forms. It can be through just having positive role models around you, like mm. seeking that out. It could be, it might need it be that you need to go and seek that help and, and work through your trauma and your childhood you know, it, it, it could be a range of different things. but yeah. And there's not a one-size-fits-all, but I do think that we're facing, you know, a huge increase in that And because I hear it all the time. I get a lot of people reaching out to me about it. About and, the increase in... Oh, how much people are struggling. Well, yeah. you don't even need to have that feeling because it's, it's statistically yeah. accurate. Like yeah. There's a 25% increase in yeah. the amount of prescriptions for mm. anti-anxiolytics, antidepressants and antipsychotics and, over the past 18 months. I have an issue with that. You know, we, oh, that's we a whole polled, fucking... We polled our girls, you know, we poll our girls every six months and, you know, we ask them because obviously we're a strong community, right? So when girls come into La Somme, you know, they're always saying, "What do you, you ask them what their goals are, oh, I want to lose weight. Okay, they come in, we don't focus on that. All we focus on is, you know, developing strength, developing your connection with everyone, you know, focusing on doing things, focus on on achieving things. Like I want to run a kilometre without stopping. I want to do a pull-up. Six months later you survey them and you ask them what their goals are. It's like, yeah, I want to be able to do a pull-up. I want to be able to run okay without stopping. I want to be able to do a push-up. It's like that's great. And then also we poll them and we ask, we, we did this poll and we asked them, you know, when you come in you have to rate yourself, your mental health, right? And it's generally pretty poor. Most girls are pretty honest and say, you know, I think we had something like a 60% um, of women say their um, mental health was poor and it was like I think seven and up when they first started. Then we polled those girls and we said, how many of you are on medication for antidepressants? And then I think it was something like, I think it was quite high. It was like maybe 70 or 75%. Wow. And then we poll them a year later and and it's so interesting listening to them and they'll tell us before that we even have to poll them but they'll come in and say, you know, I'm, I'm a year off my meds or I'm six months off my meds and I went myself off like they're so proud and it's amazing. And then we poll them and we ask them, when you went to your doctor and you and you you know you asked for like you said you were struggling like were any lifestyle changes ever recommended? And then they can either answer yes, no, or I don't remember. And I can't even mm. tell you. It's like ninety percent no, or I can't remember. So that blows my mind that the first thing we do when someone comes to us and they're struggling, pump them with drugs straight yeah, away, yeah. numb them straight away, and then they're addicted to that because they think they have to survive like that's the only way they can function in society and then they're on that for years and then who knows the side effects of that and they're not really getting any better and you know just seeing people work on their like move their body start to eat a little better start to be connected to a community of people that you know offer them unconditional love and support sense of community is massive sense of community and connection we're connection is a human we all need to connect especially as you get older you lose that it's a fundamental human need we we need connection and if we don't have it we die a loneliness is is a huge pandemic so we need that we need connection and it just blows my mind that these three things aren't even spoken about first Mm. up to especially to young girls like the amount of young 19 20 21 year old women that i know 
that are on these medications or have been for years without question blows my mind. And I think, you know, doctors and pharmaceuticals have an answer, something to answer for there. And I, I, I believe they they can serve a purpose. Like if somebody goes out and tries to, you know, I think if someone's mm. really doing the work and trying hard to do all those things, but okay, then there's it's a also, genuine chemical imbalance or like something that can't be fixed. I, I disagree with that too. Oh, really? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I, I honestly believe you are a product of your environment and you develop, we all develop when we're children. We know we need to stay safe. We know we need to be connected to our mothers because we die if not. We we need nurturing and love. We need to be fed. And we're the only species that do, right? So, you know, if we're if our, you know, caretaker, um, you know, is abusive or is negligent or is uh, you know, not catering to our needs, not emotionally there for us, we will sacrifice everything we've got to to stay connected. So we will we will sacrifice our own needs and our own desires and, and then we turn it into a self-worth thing. Like, mum, I mustn't be lovable. You know, I'm not worthy as we grow up. And then we develop coping mechanisms like addiction, all that sort of stuff. They are purely responses to our trauma that we've experienced growing up and that's the saddest thing to see that not being seen and not being healed and not, you know, people truly not being, you know, like, you know what I mean? I just... You'd see a lot of it. Oh, yeah, I well, see it all the time. Sure, yeah. a, a child, there's that saying, a child will burn a village down just to feel its warmth. Yeah. You know, children and adults and we, we grow up and we we act out in these ways because of the patterns we've developed as young children, a young children that, you know, because we did not get the emotional, condition, unconditional love and support that we needed. And I see it everywhere. You know, mm. I see children, I see people, adults everywhere, not, you know, Men particularly, how often were you told or how often as a kid were you demonstrated do not express emotion, do not ever show um, that you're upset or that you're crying or that you're angry? So men of men learn from a young age, oh, those those emotions are bad. So you'll stuff those emotions down because you don't want to lose love. You don't want to lose that connection to your partner, to your mother, to your friends. So we're in this insane time where – we need to learn how to access, how to identify, how to work through these emotions that are coming up for us, especially now, but we're so afraid to. We're so disconnected. Our heads are so disconnected from our bodies. People don't even know what you say. Like you, you can just Your behaviour can be that and you not even – like yeah. no, no link at all between yeah. that and any kind of trauma. Yeah, or, yeah. and with, that's the real issue we're facing. With the young boy thing, it's like – I think it's a generational thing too. Like generational trauma? No, no. Well, if your if your grandfather treated your father in a yep. particular way, 100%. he's going to be 100%. similar to him, but not quite as bad. Mm. And then you're going to be similar to him, but not quite as bad. Mm. And as we go through the generations, we become better. Mm. Uh, and I think, like, do you think really? I, I think we I think we can. Yeah, it's a decision. Yeah, but we should because mm. we should you know like we should follow the course of what's happening around us. Like mm. I know, for example, at least in my family, right, mm-hmm. my. Uh, Dad's dad, you know, hard dude, one of 15 kids left home when he was like 13 or whatever, right? Hard dude. Dad, soft, soft as. Your granddad would be sickened if he knew you were a YouTuber. <laughs> he does know. He doesn't know what it means. He's not happy. He doesn't know what it means. He goes, yeah, it's very nice. I don't know, but I don't like it. <laughs> but my old man was always like, you know, if you're, you're allowed to cry, it's okay, all those type of things, mm. things that he would never, his, his dad would never say to him. Yeah. 
but we learn. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, dad didn't get everything right. And mm-hmm. then it's my chance with mm-hmm. my kids, because mm-hmm. Claire and I are talking about having kids mm-hmm. at the moment. Like, mm-hmm. it's our chance to get it right. Yeah. And yeah. we'll fail. Of course. And we and they can get it. But, but on the mental health thing, I went through my experience with anxiety and yeah. I was in a, I was in a mess, absolute mm-hmm. mess. And I tried all of the things that we, that we spoke about. And I think unless you try everything, mm. well, maybe this is the, that's the wrong way to word it. You should try everything first and then if medication is something that, you know, you think, okay, maybe this will give me a blanket to help me achieve the things that I want to do and it'll dull the anxiousness or the depression or whatever it happens to be to then put the steps in place, then that's when it's okay yeah. because it's better than being dead. Oh, I agree. And I agree. I'm not saying it's bad. I, I, I recognise that there is a place for it. I just think it's one of those things that we do not we we just it's so it's so easy to get yeah it's it's like pain pills it's like statins mm. all this type of shit we had a uh, guy on the podcast last week talking about statins a doctor and he just said mate like you can you have so many and this is a cholesterol medication you have so many people that have terrible side effects from statins mm. and the studies and the science have shown and we got to trust the science has shown <laughs> that on average people might live an extra 3 days if they take statins but you will get side effects like psychosis and crazy things like that like they will just destroy your life will you trade that for 3 extra days on average mm. so but a doctor will go here you go mm. now do you want some of these you want some of these josh like that's what doctors do because you know is that because they don't probably because they only spend 10 minutes with a patient they go well fuck i got to get this guy out of here because i got 16 other smackies in here trying to get in to get their methadone <laughs> maybe that's just the doctor that i go that's to. yours that's <laughs> your doctor yeah and he's like mate we've got to get these people out we've got to get the other people in so you know you want some oxycotton sweet you take that you want some yeah. of this sweet yeah. let's go yeah. you want some antidepressants no worries mm. um and also Depression, and this is a this is a touchy subject, but depression is also quite trendy as well. People are genuinely depressed. There is no doubt about that. But you have to be able to feel sad too. Oh yeah, if you're allowed to feel sad. All emotions, all emotions are valid. Yeah, like if you were to, go, you know, it's this happiness, pan, like like kind of, you know, train we've been on for the last few years. Like, you know, it's it it's so people don't understand that. All emotions are valid and, and need to be expressed. Like mm. if you were to go to a funeral uh, or if you were to witness a horrific crime, being happy would not be an appropriate response. Like all emotions, when they come up, should be welcomed and accepted and, and recognised and allowed to flow through you. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that, you know, this this depression, you know, is where I believe, like I've experienced depression. I was depressed for 20 years and that was because I had childhood trauma that I refused to look at and I did everything I could to escape it. I ate food, I drank alcohol, I never did the drugs thing, but I can't believe I didn't. Could recommend it. (laughs) (laughs) But but alcohol is the number one. It's it's the most common anti-anxiolytic that is used across the world. 100%. I did all of that stuff until I hit rock bottom. It was hitting rock bottom that was the thing that made me go, I don't, you know, I'll tell you a story. Okay, I've, I've not really told this. I've told it on my podcast once. But um, I, you know, was deeply depressed but but also did not tell anybody. I was always the happy Nez, you know, everyone mm. knows her as, you know, this happy person and, you know, I, I don't know what it was but I just could not bring to anyone that, you know, the pain that I was going through. And so I honestly, like I'm turning 40 this year, so I really had thought to myself my whole life, you know, I have a younger brother and sister who I was very protective of and and really always wanted to be there for. And I remember thinking to myself, 
I'll get to an age where they won't need me anymore. And I was in so much pain and, and so much, you know, turmoil that being on this, I just did not want to be here anymore. And I, and it was for years. And I would plan it out in my head. I, you know, did the whole thing. I took out insurance, you know, crazy stuff. Wow. Yeah. I took myself, I cleaned out my whole apartment so that they wouldn't have to, you know, pack my stuff up and move me out. I wrote letters to everyone in my family. I went up to the top of the bogey hole and, um, you know, I would go up there probably once a month for months and never tell anyone and I'd go up and I'd sit for hours and, you know, I'd every time I'd walk out on that ledge I'd get a little bit further and then I'd come back, I'd be terrified and then I'd go out a little further and I'd come back again and I'd think I'll come back tomorrow. You know, I don't have to do it right now. And um, interestingly, you know, this one weekend and I was like, oh, I was in so much like, oh, my gosh, just – I can't even tell you the, the emotions that were going through me and I, I knew it was the time. I was like, this is it. I've had enough. Like I can't do this anymore. Like I have to end this. And I went up and I remember there being this young group of kids that were hanging out there and I was getting so frustrated. I wanted them to just leave so I could just do it. And um, I was sat there for hours and I was in my car and I was going through all these emotions like I was crying and I even had a letter in my car to tell people, you know, where to find, like, you know, who to call or whatever. And then after it got dark, they then started to leave and I remember thinking, feeling this panic and I did the whole same thing. It would be three times every time. And I remember getting to that point where I, I almost nearly slipped, like I was so close Fuck. that I nearly slipped and I remember this sense of I don't want to do this. And I came back in and I thought to myself, again, I'll just go home, it's fine. And then I just had this snap where I was like, I'm not going home. I'm either walking off this ledge today or I'm calling someone for help. It's one of those two things. I'm not continuing this, you know, underground, you know, shame and sadness and and this this thing I was playing out. And I called a friend and, oh, the poor guy, like I called him. It was would have been midnight. I was in tears. You know, I think he lived in Cardiff and he was there within seven minutes, you know, and he didn't know what to do, what to say. And I was so afraid, like I had to go and just stay with him and his family for like a few weeks. I just couldn't be on my own. But that was the beginning of me having those conversations with people where I was like, I'm not okay. Like I don't know what's going on. I, and I was, I remember just thinking, I, I had Lassom at the time, you know, it was only five years ago this happened. I remember thinking I was so like in this struggle of like, I don't understand what's wrong with me. Like I am a fit, young, healthy woman. I've got a business that I love. I'm surrounded with people. Like I feel so loved um, and I feel so supported. You know, I live in Merriweather, like on the beach. You know, what is wrong with me? And, um, you know, it was it was all this childhood stuff that I had not worked through and not unpacked and I was living my life outside of my values. Mm. I was not living in alignment with who I truly was and that was the beginning of the journey. Like, and it was just you know, unwiring all this conditioning and this behaviour and this, you know, this limiting self-beliefs that I had built up that I was not lovable and I was not worthy. And I still struggle with it sometimes. I still do. Um, but it was just, you know, it, yeah, it was just this interesting thing where I had to put myself in that position where I was like so close to that edge that I just had to realise I actually did not want this. I actually wanted help but I just felt so completely paralysed up until that point to ask for it. And so many people would find that so shameful to ask for help. Oh, yeah. I remember when I went to the psychologist for the first time, I felt like the biggest failure. Yeah. Like I, my career was going well. Yeah. Everything yeah. was fine. I was happy. Yeah. But I was a mess. Mm. And, and you know, everyone I think will go through something similar to what 
and, and Bluey's had, you know, you've had your own yeah. issues and anxiety. Yeah, exactly. Like people will go through it. And if you have the tools in place, someone to talk to or at least the courage to try and find help. Mm. Like that is that is the real courage there yeah. is to go out and actually try and reach something and, and thankfully you did, mm. you know, like because, I mean, what would have happened if if – if this was if this was happening now mm. and it was in the middle of a lockdown mm. and no one felt comfortable to go or, or whatever you know mm. like this is what's happening in real people's lives today yeah i mean i get messages all the time and i'm sure you would get yeah. the same of people Louis, you probably don't no, no one reaches out to me. <laughs> <laughs> no one reaches out to me, guys. But I'm glad you do. <laughs> nice, nice meme, Bluey. Of um, <laughs> people just, I don't know what to do. Yeah. I, 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 I don't reply. And the reason I don't reply is I re- replied once when I was early on in the YouTube thing, and there was this like 16 year old girl telling me that she was going to kill herself and yada yada yada. And I replied, and her re- response immediately was like, "Oh my god, a YouTuber finally messaged me back." I, you know, and she was just doing it, and I was just mm. like, "Oh, she was just doing it to get a message mm. back." Just to get a message back, and so that's why I try and put out these type of messages yeah. and these type of podcasts as my well, way of replying. That's right, and do you know what? That is the thing. You know, since I've talked about my journey, it's this is what we need more of. You know, when we realize somebody out there, other people out there, go yeah. through these things too, and mm. people we might look up to and admire and respect, it makes us feel less alone and and more of a human, and that's why these things are so important, and that's why. You know, people of all ages, you know, shapes and sizes, sexes, like backgrounds should talk about it because somewhere someone will resonate with you and then that will be their thing to just go, I can ask for help. Mm. And if that's all you can do on this earth, that's a good thing. That's a positive 100%. thing. And if, and if you are one of those people, you need to move your body, you need to sort out your diet. You, and these are things sleep. that you can sleep. And these are things like you can find out more information about through YouTube. That's what's mm. great about it. Oh, yeah. It doesn't let you so talk good. about certain things. But. <laughs> <laughs> Medical misinformation. Yeah. And then, and then you know, find yourself a community, which is hard mm. to do as an adult. We were talking about this this morning. Claire's a part of this, um, I hope she doesn't mind me saying this, this mums group on Facebook. <laughs> How she get into that? She's not a mum. No, no, she's getting ready. Do they know she's not a mum? She's, she's she's undercover. This is bullshit. She's undercover. I'll be she's, grassing her. She's, she's not on. She's getting ready. I was talking about her bowels yesterday on the podcast to the uh, to the other dog. Oh, I'm sure the, she won't mind she was being bull- in the fake mums group. And she was then. like, "What the fuck are you talking?" Anyway, um, and there's so many of these young women. Or they might be middle aged women. Like they're just on there saying, "I have no one." Husband's away mm. working. Yeah. I've just had a baby because mm. you know, obviously, maternity leave is quite good. Paternity leave's bullshit, mm. and all of a sudden you're alone. Yeah, yeah. Which is and hor- you've got a screaming baby. Horrifying. Yeah, yeah. You know, you do. You need to find those communities of people where you know you do feel safe, and yeah, you definitely do. And and that might be online. It might like I've got communities online that I'm a part of that like make help me expand so much. And then I've got people face to face and. You know, it's interesting. We always go to the people we need when we, and we always go to the people for what we, the certain people for what we need. I know who to call when I need tough love. I know who to call when I need unconditional love. I know who to call when I need business advice. Like we actually inherently know what we get from people and we are always seeking that. Yeah. Um, I believe, I, you know, I think movement, nutrition and all that sort of stuff are great, but I also, I really believe like meditation. I think that is one thing you know, that we need to be doing more of sitting and mm. witnessing what's going on in our heads, slowing down, connecting mm. in with our bodies and, you know, letting it, becoming more emotionally literate, you know, actually expanding our vocabulary. It's so many, so interesting. You know, 
I coach women all the time and I ask them, how do you feel? And they'll be like, well, I feel like he's doing this, this, this. Oh, well, I feel like that's happening. It's like, okay, stop, take a deep breath. <laughs> how do you feel? Oh, well, I don't know. Like, you know, and I actually have to have a created a, an emotion wheel. I have to put it in front of them and I have to say, take a deep breath, just slow down. It sounds like what I need. Yeah. <laughs> just take 10 seconds to colourful? look at this wheel. It is colourful, actually. Yes. It's really pretty. Take 10 seconds and I want you to pick out two to three emotions that really resonate for you right now. You can see them even sitting there just going, wow, we are so disconnected from ourselves. You don't take the time, like you say, people just don't take the time to like how you're feeling mm. and checking in with yourself and stuff. It's we're so disconnected yeah. from ourselves. Yeah. Like, and we're n- we don't know what like to give ourselves on any given day. Like tomorrow I might need to go for a big run and do an ice bath. But next on next week, if I've been doing that five days flat, flat out, I might need a rest. I might need to go and have, you know, like go and watch a movie with some girlfriends and just have a laugh and like, yeah. you know what I mean? What mm. we need varies day to day and I just think – not enough people check in and ask themselves, what do I need today to grow or to rest or to recoup? And it's such a hard thing to do, like with the like the crazy, like everyone's life just seems so crazy. Mm. Like you're just so busy, like mm. with it, whether it's work and like you've got family commitments and, and mm-hmm. like all this other fucking shit that's mm. going on. It is hard to take that time. But not a lot of people have the time to mm. stop and go, what do I need? And also not just to recognise it but to take the time, mm. like you say, to go and do. But weren't we talking about, isn't it interesting, what were we talking about when we first started, our, our time on screens? Yeah. And that's, oh, like we, we do have the time. We, yeah, we you're actually right. do you're but we just right. don't value it enough yeah. because, why wow, we're escaping. Want that dopamine. Yeah. <laughs> want we, that dopamine And spike. what are we looking for when we go onto, onto Instagram? Validation. We're looking for validation and yeah. connection. Yeah. And it's about going, oh, I'm noticing myself scrolling for like 10 minutes already. What am I looking for right now? I'm looking for connection. Yeah. All right, what's a better way that I could find connection, whether with it, whether it's just with myself or my partner or a friend, and turn this off because yeah. this is actually really detrimental. So, you know, it's it's about actually noticing our habits and actually going, are they helpful or are they hurtful, and changing it because what we're doing, we're always searching for something, but you know, there's just so much there that's so readily, uh, you know, there for us to escape, yeah. and it's about going, no, I'm actually going to say no to that, and I'm going to find something else to do. That's going to help me connect within. The, 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 saying that you don't have time is the biggest cop out of all yeah. time. Revolve if I said time. to you, I'll give you a million dollars every time you sit down and spend 10 minutes meditating, journaling, and planning out your day for the next 12 months, you would find 10 oh, minutes course. in your day to do it. That's right. Would. When I first started YouTube, I could barely get a video out a week. Yeah. And now it's like four videos yeah, and a podcast right. and all that yeah. type of stuff. You and find time for the stuff you value, don't you? It's, we always do. We're yeah. led by, we, we are always being led by our values, but we're not. We're not really um, connected to what they are. Like so many people say, "Oh, my family is my number one core value," and yet they're the ones that work eighty hours a week. Yeah, yeah, is yeah. it really though? Yeah. Like, if it was, maybe you would find a job, or maybe you would say to your boss, "I need to be gone by three p.m. every day because I want to be home for school, like afternoon yeah. pick up, and I want to play football with my kids." Sorry, mm. that's non-negotiable. Mm. Yeah. Like, it's interesting. People say their value, like they speak their value so much, but their actions often don't. Match up with that. Yeah, it's the same. It's virtue signaling your own yeah, life. Yeah, exactly. It's like this yeah. is what I. It's the same oh, with like yeah. I'm I don't a know. family man. Oh, like, <laughs> bullshit! Bullshit! You hit them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't know if you're big on the journaling and the mm-hmm. oh, um, yeah, the yeah. daily affirmations. Yes, yeah, I am. Listen, daily affirmations. Mm-hmm. It's got to stop. 
<laughs> what <laughs> on Instagram you mean? The oh, just like I will be successful. Okay, mm. I love them. I've started doing, doing oh, a well shit. Like, I've started what? doing a gratitude journal. I, I, I write th- I, at the end of every day. I sit down and I do three things. And like, have I ever That's made awesome. it into your gratitude journal? <laughs> Fuck no, no. You make. You I might. give you free water and coffee. Yeah. Um, I love it because it yeah. makes me. St- and I, at the start of it. I don't know why I started doing it, but I really like to. You just stop and you just go like, and they're often trivial things like we have a truck at work that's automatic, and I had a lot of hills. <laughs> no, no, but like there's like a lot of hills, and like if you've ever driven a crash box, like a crash box um, shift in a truck, it's torture. But in an automatic truck, and just little things like that, and I stop and go, mm. that was really good today, and it just makes you stop and think about your day. That does sound nice. But this may come as a shock to the millions <laughs> of people watching. I can't drive a manual. <laughs> oh, wow, not a shock that's to me. I'm not at all surprised I by that. I cannot drive a manual. Can't you really? No, I've that's never cruel. been. I've never been in one. <laughs> that's cool. Well, how would I know how to do it? And you drive this big one. burly Ute. You could I drive a so big funny. man Ute. <laughs> you got the big. That is hilarious. Well, um, I'll come back to that. I heard this really like gratitude is interesting because. What you're actually like, what we focus on grows. So when you're focusing on gratitude, and and you're right, it's we actually shouldn't be conditioning ourselves and and our children and everyone to look for the big things in life because what children are really great at, like, uh, they're just great at appreciating the little things. You know, I can't tell you how many. You're saying I'm childish, Nero? No, no, but being present, like, being present is a massive thing, and that's where, like. Depression and anxiety just grows because you worry about the future or the past. Haven't yeah. happened, or if you're in the moment, That's you right. realize that nothing really matters at all. That's right. As long as you're breathing your and you got you know food in your belly yeah. and, and double water, jabbed, and you're right. and you're du- <laughs> yes, and three boosters, yeah, then you know you're okay. That's right. And so, it's about finding the beauty in the small things, mm, like yeah. that bring you joy. You know, I heard this video. It was like, look for the glimmers in life. Like there are so many triggers. Oh, especially on social media, but mm. when you actually go out and you just look for like a passerby giving you a smile, saying good day, and appreciating that. Yeah. The sky, oh, my God, it's so blue today. Like, you know, just stopping and letting someone in. Like mm. when you're looking, like, and I notice it on those days where I meditate and I journal and I think about and I really consciously think how do I want to show up today? Who am I seeing? What, you know, how do I want to be there for them? What kind of person do I want to be? I find myself going out and and all these great things happen and mm. life just flows. And on the days where I miss that and I focus on the negative and I focus on, you know, me, 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 what's going on for me and I'm self, like, you know, what I'm self, like, you know, involved, that's when everything just, you know, crashes and everything's against you and it's like stuff happens that just, you know, feels yeah, icky. So, 100%. you know, energy is such a an underused, underrated um, kind of resource that we don't realise fuels our life. Okay, so you like daily affirmations. Can we draw well, the line at crystals? So Can we draw <laughs> oh, the no, line at crystals? crystals. Yeah. My gosh. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my gosh. I <laughs> love crystals. I will say this. Uh, affirmation. I love affirmations but for, so, uh, for different reasons. Like it's more of an intention. I like an intention and I think it's just a, a way to start your day. Like you pick up a card and then all of a sudden you're sending yourself out into the day with that little thought. I just say you get, a, you get a card. I've got these beautiful Gabby Bernstein, The Universe Has Your Back, illustrated. So they're beautifully illustrated and they're, they're usually like, um, you know, the universe is unfolding exactly as it is, as it's meant to for you. So it's all about, you know, when bad things happen. And, and this was interesting. When COVID first hit, I remember thinking to myself, oh, my gosh, like, you know, I'd been in this spot so many times, hitting rock bottom, and I thought as much as this is bad, it's also actually serving my highest good. Like if my business does fail, it'll be – 
propelling me onto the next thing. And it is, you know, my business, I'm in the process of, you know, transitioning into, you know, relationship coaching because, you know, obviously going through heartbreak and trying to do the work there and uncover what's going on for me. And now I feel so like so alive and excited and I'm helping couples connect better and deeper. And so I look back on, on all the tough times and at the time I felt so sorry for myself, woe is me, but actually it was unfolding as it's meant to. So it's more about finding hope and finding the good in the everyday. And there is. There yeah. is definitely like you, you can you can make the choice like with whatever it is like mm. you say you can you can sit and go oh woe is me mm. and feel sorry for yourself or you can go oh, hang on like this, mm. this sucks now but mm. this is going to serve me or where's the opportunity here exactly where's and, the, the and there always is but you you get to choose you get to define yeah. any problem you get to pick how bad it is yeah. now everyone goes through breakups and relationship failures what do you reckon the number one reason that people or relationships fail for people communication and our and our patterns. Too much communication? No. <laughs> um, no, I think it's no, I think it's um it's us not really understanding how to commu- how to really listen. I think another thing is um our ability to hold two opposing truths and to to appreciate both. So say for instance, when you have an argument, um, you know, and you're hurt. Like for you in that moment, you're hurt. You're thinking, I'm not disrespect. I'm being disrespected. I'm not being seen. I'm not being valued. I'm not, you know, whatever it is. Your partner is in their, like their story. And what people don't do is we focus on what the other person's doing so much rather than actually getting curious about what's going on for them. So, and, and instead of just saying, well, this is how I feel and this is what's going on for me and this is how you've hurt me, well, understanding that that's not what your partner wanted for you. That's that they mm. they don't want anything but your happiness and being able to come back and see from their point of view what's actually going on for them and then being able to understand each other. We're so focused on being understood ourselves. We're not actually focused on understanding the other person. Mm. So it's it's always co- um, co- communication. It's a fear of intimacy, fear of, you know, it's our fear being of- Being vulnerable. Yeah, being yeah. truly vulnerable, being truly seen. Yeah. Like. So if what, this what does person, that mean? Because they talk about that a lot on Married at First Sight. I believe – Probably not a great place to get – It's yeah, a great show. I won't hear it. Oh, I will God. not hear anything about that show. <laughs> it's a great program. Monday night it's on. Is it I that? was on it once. Were you? Yeah, I went to a wedding. I, went, I was on – I went – I wasn't – I saw you I on was, it. yeah. I was like, oh, that's narrowed up. Oh, you, know you didn't no, get I married. Did see that. No, I didn't get married. Oh. A friend of mine did. I could not believe how many people watched that show until that night and I was on it and my phone went off. It's fucking huge. It's a huge show. crazy. People love it. Yeah. Fear of intimacy is – Truly being seen. Like it's truly, truly letting somebody see all of our flaws, all of our faults, all of our past and loving us through that no matter what. And it's allowing that and knowing even if that person doesn't love me through that, I will be okay. Mm. And that is what we are terrified of. So many of us are truly terrified of that and that is what stops us going to that deeper level, deeper level, deeper level. Um that's my, you know, and I think so many of us are living just with each other as surface level, like we're just together and we're kind of reasonably happy but we don't really know each other and then we have children and then things get hard and then, you know, you know, I, I don't know. I think this it's such a, a complex field and it's one that I find very fascinating. Um, but to And to constantly be saying, like, how long have you been with your partner? Better part of a decade, only wow. seven years. Wow. Yeah. Okay, seven years. What about you? Uh, we'll be, we were three years at the start of oh, January. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Just yeah. So- Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> so under- Low effort. <laughs> understanding that our partner, like, is constant. Like, when we first get together, we go through that honeymoon phase, yeah. getting to know each other. But then they're actually always changing. Like, you're changing, they're yeah. changing. How often are we 
trying to rediscover who our partner is? How often are we actually still trying to, like we will never no, truly know the the inner workings of another mind no matter what. Mm. Isn't that mind-blowing? Like, you, you know, and you think about how much time you spend going to work, how much time you spend with your friends and family, how much time you spend on you, how much time you actually spend together, mm. and then look at how much time you actually spend getting to know each other again and rediscovering each other again. It's mind-blowing. Like, you know, the thoughts and the things that they experience in a day and you you only get a glimpse of yeah. that at night. It blows my mind. You're just changing. Like you say, you're changing, you're changing all the time. constantly. You both are. And it's yeah. about constantly wanting to reconnect, re-understand, re- come together again. Never and, thought of it like that. And be constantly wanting to know this person, constantly dating them. Mm. Always. Yeah, well, everyone stops dating. Yeah. And like, yeah. you know, no, no, we went on a date night. That doesn't mm. mean shit. Like you mm. stop dating the person. Right? I think it's mm-hmm. so It's so sad. Like, you stop trying to win them over. Yeah. And actually that's where we die because – you know, it's funny when you very that night. You, can you remember the first time you spent the night with your partner? Yeah, oh, she can. <laughs> <laughs> can you remember? It was awful. <laughs> can you remember laying there and like the bliss that you felt, like yeah. the excitement, like just the wonderment of like wanting to discover that person, everything that they were, and then tonight when you go down, you lay next to your partner. What's your feeling like? It's yeah. not that same. I usually doze off pretty yeah. quickly. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. gone. Yeah. It's not that same. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's not that same excitement and that same like yeah. wanting to discover and understand them and and un, you know. Yeah. And I just think we don't need that same level. But how can we bring that into our lives where we're truly cherishing each other and truly, you know, cherishing the person that's laying next to us and that and that they are changing constantly and that we are too, and nurturing our relationship with ourselves alongside that person with themselves. I think that's the big thing. We, yeah. you know, you're not putting all the eggs in that basket. We're always looking. Of- we're we're always looking outside of ourselves to make us feel a certain way. But actually, all we ever had you're is what we, we can only ever create that from within. And when we do that, that over like overflows, and it, it's easily spread. That love is easily kind of exchanged between the two of you. I think there's a lot of people in that situation where they're like, oh, okay, you know, we're not really dating each other anymore. We're just sort of living t- together. And mm. what we're going to do to change that is to have a baby. Mm. Or, like, get, or get married, like get yeah. engaged. Get or, engaged, or, get yeah. married, It's house. like the worst thing you can do is to mm. lock, not lock yourself <laughs> down with a baby, but like. It's a big commitment. Two, one, two of my friends, they're married and they um, they just had their second child and they basically don't see each other all day. They're at work all day. Jeez. They come home and then they just sort of see each other at midnight just before bed. I'm like, what, you know, what is that? That's mm, sad. And then I think about my parents. Mum had five boys. Like there's no time for a relationship, mm, you know, mm. and that's and then you think about like you go back another generation, my grandparents, mm-hmm. he's at work all day. My poppy used to get up at like four to go to work and have a coffee and read the paper for two hours before work. You said, <laughs> what a guy. Prioritising what's important. Yeah. <laughs> and then come home and then watch the telly. Like there's no relationship mm. there at all. That's I think right. this generation is the first time people actually, mm. like mum and dad, they didn't even live together before mm. they got married. Mm. Yeah, yeah which is dumb from mum. Like I said this to the other. I was like, "You're kidding, aren't you?" Like, Jesus Christ! Christ. So yeah. you don't even live together. You know, Claire and I. We've been together for a long period of time. Mm. We've lived together. We've got dogs together, and we 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 work together. We move everything together, and mm. we live we live like vicariously through each other. Mm. It's like we're the same person. That's mm. what I love about yeah. about hers because we can just do everything. In, without any fear of anything, like mm. be we, like, you can be completely yourself. You guys yeah. would be so weird. 
Oh, it's <laughs> like use a weed on the surface. I can't imagine you should what see is beneath shit. the iceberg with you two. Like nothing like like sexual or anything. <laughs> no, 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 like just creepy like creepy stuff and weird shit we do every <laughs> noises night. Noises around the house. Oh yeah, we chase each other around the house doing weird shit. She'll do weird shit. Like, the neighbors must think there's something horrible going on. I can imagine. Like it's it's great. But I love that, it. But- and that's all we're really seeking is to just be fully seen. Be yourself. Without judgment right. and to be fully understood and loved for who we are. Yeah. Laws and all. That's all we ever want. Yeah. Class, but last. you can't give that to someone if you can't offer that to yourself. yourself. Oh, for sure. It's it's 50-50. It's, it's working together. Like she, yeah. she said to me last night, do you need your hemorrhoid cream on? No. <laughs> no, darling. No, I don't. Thank you, sweetie. Thank that you. That is so funny. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Nerida, thank you very much oh, for coming on. I do appreciate me. that. And ladies and gentlemen, if you want to catch the middle of the podcast, head over to Spotify or Patreon. It's one dollar a month. Um, Bluey. Yeah, there should be about what two minutes of this on YouTube and the rest, uh, <laughs> oh, the rest on Spotify. Fuck them. Head over. To no, Spotify. that was great. Thanks, Nerida. That was sick. Nerida, yeah. where can people find you? Um, they can find me on Instagram. I'm on Instagram as Nerida Bin. Um, you know, we have a website, lasom.net.au. We have Instagram, Lasom Maitland and Newcastle YouTube channel, the Lasom. Fitness channel, I think it is. We're not really that active on there, not, not as active as you. But, yeah, get in touch. Like, send me a message. Please share it out. Tag me if you like it. Um, yeah, just grateful to be on here. I really appreciate you inviting me along. It's Beautiful. been great. Well, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. I hear them chat to the noise. Move too quick, can't stop for the talking. I hear them chat with the boys. Not so tough, but must keep walking. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 